Uh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in our text for today, the Lord is uh, talking about maturity. The apostle tells us that the whole reason that he, he's laboring, the whole reason for his purpose is that he can help people to grow to maturity. I, I suppose if we really think about it, you know, the, the great apostles, the, the people that really come to our minds in, in their own age, they, they weren't really that well known, were they? You know, for an apostle, he might strive and labor. He might come to a new community. He, he might spend uh, time there uh, assembling, you know, 15 or, or 20 believers. He uh, maybe go on his way again. He, he maybe would send a few letters back. You know, he didn't have social media. You know, he wasn't FaceTiming with the whole congregation every day. Right? He didn't have a, a lot of attachments. He, he simply came. And he tried to establish a church and he worked to the best of his ability. And now these 15 or 20 people, they carried on. And then maybe five years later, he'd pass back through again on his second journey. And maybe he'd get to, to meet with them, visit with them a, a little bit and see how they were doing. But, you know, in that day, there wasn't a, a lot of fame and there wasn't a lot of contact. And yet they strove to grow their churches. And the apostle comes in and he says, you know, the reason that I'm doing this, right, the, the reason I'm working so hard is that I want you to become mature. I, I want you to grow up. It's maybe like with our kids, right? You know, for, for me, our, our son Andrew, he, he kind of officially left home to, to go out to you know, New Hampshire last week. Miss him. It seemed like a, a bigger deal than when he went off to college because, you know, when, when, when he went off to college, I knew he was probably going to come back for Thanksgiving. He's probably going to come home for Christmas. I'm maybe going to see him over the summer. It didn't seem as permanent, you know? But then when they leave home and they're going far away and it just seems like, uh, how? How's he, how's he going to get back now? So the, the price of gas today is maybe going to be a couple years even before I see him again. But we, we, we feel that that distance and you know a, a part of us really as parents maybe would, would want to say to that that young man that that young woman you, you'd say I, I think you're staying home right I, I think you're going to be around here I think you're just going to kind of live here in, in Randall and, and you know we'll help you look for a job and that's how it's going to be you might have said, said that to your kids but you know in your heart you wanted them to grow to maturity, right? You want them to be able to, to stand on their own. You want them to be able to, you know, experience their own life 
apart from you. And, and dear friends, it's the very same way um, in, in a sense now with the apostle. No, certainly it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Right? You know, the, the apostle, you know, Peter himself comes to serve, you know, St. Peter and Randall. And, and he just have for 20 or 30 years, you know. And, and here he is. And you never really had to stand on your own. Never had to do it. You just depend on the apostle Peter. And he's an apostle and he knows everything. Right? He spent three years with Jesus. You know. You just depend on him. And anytime you had a question, right? We'd, we'd come to see Peter. We, any question we had, go see Peter. Go see him. He knows. He's with the Lord. Yeah. But then... You'd never grow to maturity. Then you'd never develop that one-on-one relationship with your Lord and Savior, would you? Because it really, it's during those times that we were alone, those times we maybe even felt abandoned, those times when things aren't going right and nobody else was around, that then we go to God in prayer. Then we begin to search the Bible scriptures diligently then we begin to try to develop within ourselves a a close and personal relationship with our Lord. And it only comes from those times when we're allowed to grow up, when we're allowed to be on our own. When our moms and dads said, oh, you're moving 100, 200, 500 miles away. We love you. Come home when you can. When our moms and dads, they let us go and they let us begin to have those kinds of experiences and we begin to be able to stand on our own. You know, standing on your own, it's so very important that the the Bible even talks about that in specifically the marriage relationship. And I don't know if you thought about it much, but, you know, the the Bible says, for this reason, a man will leave his mother and his father and he'll cleave to his wife and the two will become as one. But what, what does that mean? It means you left mom and dad behind, right? And, and you and your wife, your spouse, developed that new household. Right? What, what is it to leave? No, it means you, you became independent. It means you, you didn't depend on mom and dad anymore. It, it also means that you didn't run back to mom and dad to try to get advice because now you were part of a separate unit, you see. What happens a lot with marriages today, especially with mass communication, right? The, the husband and wife, they never leave mom and dad. Mom and dad are really easy to access. You know, you can FaceTime with them while you can call them on the phone. It's real easy. 
and they never develop that new unit because they still are talking to mom and dad. And anytime you have a problem, oh, mom, my husband, oh, you know what he did, oh, my. Now, if some mom and dads are, are very wise, right, they, they will say, you know, you, you have a, a new household and you need to learn to get along. Or mom and dad, they, they might say, you, you know, <laughs> Johnny, you, you, you need to toughen up a little bit. Just be calling home all the time because your, your, your wife isn't doing just what you want her to do. You, you need to learn to get along together. See? They need to mature, don't they? They need to be able to leave. Mom and dad, they need to be able to cleave together and form that new household. They need to be able to do those things. And, and, and we as parents, we need to be able to allow that growth to happen, don't we? And again, that's what the apostle is trying to express. Right? I, I needed to go along on my missionary journey. I needed to go to the next community. I, I needed to try to develop that, that next congregation because I needed for you to come to grow in Christ. I need it for you to develop within yourselves those abilities, those talents, to be able to grow and to be able to serve one another. You see, there, there's that, that part of us inside, isn't it, that, that would just kind of like to be little kids forever, wouldn't we? Because being a little kid was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Now, especially when school's out and it's summertime, you know, and you, you could just kind of roam. Well, back in my day, you know, we, we could do that. And in your day, too. Right, I, I can remember in, in my community, you know, the, the community being uh, shocked when the, the first murder of, occurred. And you know, that, that was like back in the, the 70s, and we had a, a, a town of about, you know, 30,000 people where I lived. People weren't worried that about crime. They weren't worried about murders. And, you know, your, your kids could, you know, go over to the neighbor's house that was a mile away. And nobody really cared that much if, you know, you were young and, and you're traveling a mile by yourself. It, it just wasn't in people's minds at the time. And then we, we love that. And, you know, mom made us lunch and mom washed our clothes and, you know, we just kind of played and things were pretty easy. And wouldn't we like to be little kids forever? Really like that. But we have to grow up, don't we? And our moms and our, our dads, you know, maybe there came a, a day like it, like it came for me when, when my dad said, yeah, yeah, you know, son, I got you a little job. There's a couple ladies around here that they need their lawns mowed. And so you're, you're going to be mowing their lawns this summer. Now, you know, maybe the first time I mowed a lawn, you know, I thought, oh, hey, this is kind of cool. 
right, I'll break the lawnmower. Then have to mow the lawn. Now, bag up the grass. And probably by the second week, you're starting to say, I don't know if I really like mowing lawns. Well, if I really like that. Well, my, my dad cared about me and he cared about me growing up and so he, he found me a job mowing lawns that first summer, right? And, and so then it, it kind of continues, doesn't it? Right? You begin to grow and you begin to mature and you begin to develop some, some independence and, and you know, you, you went and you got your first car. And maybe you can kind of still remember driving your first car by yourself across town or wherever it was you had to go. And then you got your first real job. Then you got your first real paycheck and you saw the taxes that were taken out. You said, what? This never happened when I mowed the lawn. Man, mowing lawns, that, that was great. I never had taxes taken out. People, you know, they just had their money. Now I got to pay taxes? What is this? See, you're growing. You, you were maturing. You're beginning to stand on, on your own. You, you moved into your first apartment, right? Maybe for some of you, you were able to go from your parents' house to your, your first house that, that you and, and your husband or wife bought together. Right? Had, had your... Your first kids. You remember them growing up? See? Remember them leaving home? And we grew. And we became more mature. And we became more able to stand on our own. And that's what God wants for each of us. Now, maybe I'll just remind you this morning, you know, what what are some of of the steps that a a person takes to be able to grow in Christ? You know, I I think, you know, really number one is going to be a a personal time of studying God's word. That you would be able to set aside maybe five or ten minutes a day. When you would sit down and at least you would have, you know, some kind of, you know, good devotional material. You maybe have a devotion book that you would read through and it's just going to take two or three minutes every day. But you begin to have that kind of discipline where you say, you know what, every day and maybe first thing in the morning when my mind is the most alert or maybe it's going to be at the end of the day when I want to settle down and get ready to sleep, I'm going to be able to take this time to spend with the Lord. There's going to be some ideas from God's word that that come to me. The the second thing that I I think, you know, that we all ought ought to be doing is having a time of prayer. You say, well, I I sit down for my meals. I I say a a little prayer. Um, But again, maybe there ought to be, you know, five or Five minutes you would start with. You would say, you know what? I'm going to spend five minutes in prayer today. I'm going to spend time you know, talking to God. And so maybe I'm, I'm reading my devotion. Maybe I'm reading from God's word for five minutes. And, and maybe I'm going to pray for uh, five minutes. And we're going to begin, right, to grow a little bit. If you haven't been doing those things, you know, it, it, it's beginning to grow a little bit. Have some of God's word coming in 
I'm going to be having some conversations with God uh, through prayer. Another thing that I, I believe is really beneficial is, you know, to, to have, you know, good Christian music or, or to have some, some hymns, right, that, that are, are able to come in for you. And, and maybe that just means when you're, you're working in the kitchen, you have a little radio there and you, you can turn it on. You can tune to a, a Christian radio station or, or you have a little CD of, you know, some of Bill Johnson's music where, um, you know, you can play some of the, the wonderful hymns that he's sung over the years. And you can have that as part of the process. Is it, well, it, it's just background music. Well, it, it, it's fine if it, it is even just a background music because even that can begin, right, to, to smooth out the turmoil that we sometimes have inside. Now, as I, I kind of study church history and I, I read about some of the, the great pastors of, of, of old, there, there was a, a, a pastor, uh, he was ser serving there in England, and, and he had one of the, the first mega churches. I, you know, it was way back in the day, and it was before electricity, and still he would have sometimes, you know, four or five thousand people from London would come to his uh, church service. And I, I was reading about him and, and, you know, he used to take his, his laundry to a, a laundry woman down the street. And, you know, and so he didn't have, have his own washer and dryer, you know, things like that. But he, he'd have his load of clothes and, and he'd take them to the laundry and he'd pay, you know, maybe it's five cents, you know, to, to get his clothes washed at the time. But he's, you know, bringing in his clothes. And, and, and the woman there says, you know, Pastor, I, I really enjoyed your sermon on Sunday. And, and he, he was feeling a, a little bit edgy, you know. And he was like, well, ma'am, what did I talk about? He's test, being a little testy. And, and, and she re replied, uh, you know, quick on her feet, she said, you know, Pastor, I, I can't remember what you talked about. But it was just like soapy water going through the cloth and cleaning it. What a response. I can't even remember what your sermon was about, but it was like soapy water going through the cloth and cleaning it. And dear friends, that is what we need, isn't it? And have some little background music, right? And, and maybe you're not really listening to it. Maybe it's not really, you know, even sinking into your mind. But you know that the words are going through and cleaning the dirt, the sin from your mind. It can be just like that. And so we began to try to establish, you know, some of these things so we can grow to maturity. We would have a little bit of time of, of studying the Bible, reading God's word. And we'd have a, a little bit of time of prayer where we're communicating with God. And, and we'd have some things in, in our background. You know, may, maybe you'd have some, some beautiful uh, you know, pictures hung within your, your house that have Christian messages. 
And you have, have that music uh, playing a little bit. You begin to, to be concerned. Uh, you know, what is going into my mind? Understand, you know, romance novels are pretty popular within the United States, and and you know they sell millions of copies of the, these, you know, romance uh, novels. And it seems so many people are, are able to read, uh, you know, various, you know, different things. Why can't we spend time reading God's word? We should be able to. It's not so hard. Again, I'm just saying, oh, five minutes. Can you take five minutes in a day? Have a devotion? Read a, a little bit from the, the Psalms or the Proverbs? Right? Be, begin to uh, develop a, a disciplined study so maybe you even read the Bible in a year. You can do that. No, way we can't do it right away. You know, maybe it's, oh, I can't, you know, spare half hour reading my Bible in the half hour. Praying, come on, it's the whole hour. But you can start with five minutes, can't you? Yeah. You know, one, one time I gave a similar sermon and, and you know, this, someone, someone said to me, I, I wouldn't know how to talk to God for five minutes. Well, and start with two. Okay, you know, start where you are. Yeah, do you think you can talk to God for two minutes? Can you do that? We began to pray. I think I think that you know most people could, couldn't they? I'm going to spend two minutes in prayer today. I'm going to spend two minutes reading a, a little paragraph of a devotion. And then maybe, you know, next week, maybe I can stretch it out to three. And then maybe next month, instead of just reading a little devotion, I, I read a, a section from the Psalms or the Proverbs. But see, we began to grow. The reason, really, that we want to do that is because of what Jesus has done for us, isn't it? We began to think about how our Lord and Savior loved each and every one of us so much. Do we not want to be able to read about that love every day? Do we not be able to want to communicate with the person that, that loved that much every day? Do you not want to be able to go to, to the person that opened the way to heaven for each of us and say, Lord, there's something better around the corner. And Lord, you know, you, you've said that even though my earthly tent is starting to fray and flap in the wind and get some holes in it, I have a new house in the heavens. And it's not created by human hands. It's created by God. And, and Lord, I'm maybe starting to look forward to going to that house. I may be getting a little bit tired of my tent. My, 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 my tent lost a little bit here. See. Want that house. You promised me. 
We start to look forward to it. And, and Lord, you know, I'm so happy that Jesus paid for my sin. Because once you've been around, you know, 58 or, or 60 years, you have a couple sins in the background, don't you? There's been at least one or two times, right, that we failed. The Bible says that we all have sinned. We all have fallen short. And Jesus died so those sins could be forgiven. You know, you think about it, for the, the very best person that you know, the one that comes to your mind, maybe they made it to the age of 18 without sinning. Then they got to about 23 and something happened. And maybe it wasn't even a huge thing. You know what the Bible says? That we all have sinned. We all needed Jesus. And even if the only thing he ever did was break a plate when you were eight years old and lied to your mom and said it wasn't you, even if that's all that ever happened, you told a lie and you lied to your mom and you broke something of hers and you need Jesus. You need Jesus to forgive your sin and to wash you clean and to make you whole again. And on the other hand, no matter how great the sin, no matter if you were the thief on the cross next to the Lord, no matter if you could confess at this moment some of the things I did are worthy of a torturous death, if God looked down upon me, lightning might strike right now. If that's what you're kind of thinking in your heart, guess what? Jesus died for that sin too. He was crucified. He was tortured. He was maimed and he was ridiculed. And he suffered even emotional abuse on top of the physical trials and he did it so that sin could be forgiven you see that is how much he loves us now when you know in your heart that there's somebody out there somebody up there that cares that much about you doesn't it make you a little bit curious about him and, and doesn't it make you maybe want to read your Bible for five minutes? And maybe go to him in prayer for, for five minutes? And, and maybe play a little bit of Christian music in the background to have that, that soapy water kind of go through your soul and clean it? Maybe have some inspirational artwork around your home. You can, can look at something and say, hey, hey, yeah, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. You have some things in place around you to help you grow to maturity. And you do it simply because Jesus loved so very much. Amen.
Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. <laughs>